You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We're going to talk about some NFL. I'm going to put all for my city and I'm going to send a shout out to everybody who is kind enough to come and join us here live as we do this and waiting just a little bit longer before you go check out the Scarface Tiny Desk. Speaking of me putting on for my city. Go check it out. I listened to it. I mean, I watched it this morning. It was incredible. Sean, have you had a chance to check it out yet? I, uh, you know, my my responsibilities here have prevented me from watching it. So either the stream goes oh, up or, yeah. or I don't watch Scarface, you know? <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too, is I'm in New York. You're in L.A., so there's a time difference here, right? I will definitely, though, say this. Um, it is, shall we say, emotionally uh, resonant. And it was a little bit early in the morning for me to hear, I see the man die. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I caught a lot of feels watching that, that I was not prepared to catch, right? Like, I mean, oh, go boy, it hit me. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I got the notification this morning and I was like, is 7 a.m. the right time for me to really watch this and, and and deal with the the the, the emotions from it. i was like maybe it's a more of a one o'clock two o'clock or 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 pa- yeah. post dinner kind of vibe yeah i'm thinking maybe post dinner i'm not sure like for example i've never listened to the diary with sun sunlight out right it doesn't feel appropriate it doesn't feel like the sort of thing that you're supposed to do but it is great i recommend you check it out especially you youngsters because it's just a reminder and i mean it just ain't no other way to put it our rappers is better than y'all's and i don't want to blame y'all for that but i just want the youngsters to look and see what's possible see what can happen his music is sophisticated mike dean's on the keys all this stuff going on anyway i'll get back to talk about my city in a little while but in the short term i want to talk about a city that is not mine never will mine and one that i enjoy ridiculing and that of course is dallas I understand that there's some of you that probably thought I was going to be talking about Buffalo. I don't ridicule Buffalo because I've never gone there. I have actually gone to Dallas because one plus that Dallas has, at least in its favor, is that I would actually consider going to the motherfucker. I don't know what it would take for me to go to Buffalo. I went to Toronto not too long ago, and then I went to Niagara Falls. We knocking out my reasons to go to Buffalo. They just keep getting knocked down. Sure as hell ain't about to be sitting outside watching no fucking football game when it's 15 degrees outside. I tell you that right now. I was watching them clips in that game on Sunday. I was watching the game as it was going and all i ain't even bothered to look at what the temperature was on the weather i just know it was too cold to be out there in the rain playing football let alone paying money to watch it sean you 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 from up here like you know y'all do weird weather stuff you know i don't know about you know how your people get down but i know a lot of folks you might have hung out with would you been out there in that cold you love anything that much absolutely not i've been away from the east coast for seven years now and you know i went to college up there in western new york where it would just be cold enough, but warm enough where it wouldn't snow, but the rain would come sideways at you. And 
I would not leave my dorms. I would not leave my house. Um, and I know for a fact that there were some people in Buffalo wearing a t-shirt and shorts in that weather just because they're, they're, those people are crazy. Man, they was out there. I also want to send a shout out to whoever put together the montage for uh, Fox where they had a run of like great players in Buffalo Bills history. And I would love to see the, if they even had to send the emails about whether they was going to put uh, 32 in there. Because 32 was not in the montage. 32 is definitely the best player they ever had. He is not in the montage. We're just a, and the thing is, I think now you could probably get away with it. Like, I, I think, I mean, he did 10 years, nine years, whatever it was, some times past. He out here doing the show with Cameron. He out here on Twitter just saying, I think that maybe they could, Okay, I'm going to talk about something else. Cool. Uh, so the Bills beat the brakes off the Cowboys, which honestly was not terribly shocking, if for no other reason than I feel like I watched that Cowboys game with them on the road so many times. I feel like I've watched it over and over and over, where you just see, you be looking at Dak like, so Dak, y'all going to come back? And you know they not. Like, you know the answer is no. You know it's not going to happen. I didn't feel like Dak played poorly, though, right? Like, it wasn't... I didn't get the feeling for watching that game, and Dak's numbers were abysmal. But I feel like I've seen enough from Dak Prescott this year to feel like if some dudes was open, the ball would have got there to him. And it didn't seem like them dudes was open. And it seemed like the Cavalry was coming to get him at just about every turn. Like, this wasn't about him. This felt like it was about them. Because I don't know if y'all were listening. I was talking to Dominique on Friday about this, where the Cowboys got that high point differential, but they really stacked that up at home. On the road, they turn into a different sort of team. And they they looked bummy. They looked real bummy. And, I mean, this what they are. This why I was I couldn't imagine what every reference I have to what Stephen A. was doing while the Cowboys were getting beat. Honestly, I don't feel appropriate saying. I might send it to you by text. Like, Sean, I'm going to send you one right now. You let me know if this would be appropriate. You think I should say this? I'm waiting on it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's coming through <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, would, I think, you know, it's appropriate uh, Monday morning. Yeah, I think just let it rip, you know? Oh, no, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think it's better for the what audience about if you just save it and they're, they're left in mystery. Yeah, what about this next one? <laughs> That's definitely not I mean, safe. it could have. Could have. I think. Have. I mean, it's not. It's not safe to say, but I think he watched that. I think it could have happened. I think it could have gone down. Now, I dug in. I don't want to get too much into the ridicule of the Cowboys because I mean, we've had the exact same conversation many, many, many times. I don't need to do that. This is what I want to say about the game that I actually found to be enjoyable, and I feel like I hate to be like feeling like the old man, and the old man stuff is going to be a bit of a recurring theme throughout this podcast. I recognize this in advance. I'm asking for your apologies, but you're gonna ride with me about this. Now, James Cook had 25 carries for 180 yards. The Bills won this game with Josh Allen attempting a grand total of 15 passes and completing all of seven of them, okay? They stay asking Josh Allen to be Superman. They did not do it this time. They gave the ball to James Cook 25 times. He got 180 yards, and he scored a touchdown. Now, what we're about to show you on the screen right fast, Sean, if we could pull this up, is Sean McDermott coming into the locker room, and after James Cook had 25 carries for 180 yards, he gave the game ball to Josh Allen. Josh Allen don't even know what the hell is going on right now. Josh, like, like Josh Allen's so confused. What, what, why, why did you, why, why, what, how the man get, hey man, if you ask your running back to carry the ball 25 times, I don't care if he get 27 yards. You need to give that dude the game ball because he going to feel it tomorrow. 
Sean, are you seeing? Are, are you understanding you, you, something? I'm, yeah, you could almost see Josh Allen at the end of this clip go, "Where's James Cook? I gotta give him this ball that he deserves." Yeah, like this is absurd. And I don't, you know, Sean McDermott is still kind of like reeling from the whole, you know what I'm saying, nine eleven thing. But maybe this is it because this was this was something about that McDermott story that Tyler Dunn did that we didn't talk about, which is this utter contempt and disdain that Sean McDermott has for Cam Newton. Like, did you see that? Yeah, I, I, that was shocking to me. And I, I didn't, I'm surprised, to your point, that not many people were talking about that as much as they should have. He felt like Cam Newton was ruining, ruining the Panthers and when the they Panthers was going now. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and look at the Panthers now. Yeah, but, like, but, but, like, but I think that's the appropriate context for understanding him and Josh Allen. And maybe he gave Josh Allen the game ball because he felt like the best Josh Allen is the one that only throws the ball 15 times. Right? Maybe that's where he was. Maybe that's how he saw things. I don't know. But I don't know how much James Allen care. I mean, James could care about them game balls, but I would be hot. Like, I, if, if, like if I was really looking forward to getting a game ball, do you understand? I would be heated under those circumstances. Just, just furious. Now, I'm looking in the chat and somebody says here that James Cook was not all that at UGA. I'm surprised. But the reason he wasn't all that at UGA is they stayed with so many running backs that nobody had to demonstrate themselves to be all that. They just had so many players, right? But he got out there and he did it. No game ball for him. But I loved watching a football game where even if it was because the Cowboys are offering light boxes, there's just a different feeling and an aesthetic to a team that's operating with the idea that we're just going to keep handing the ball to this guy and there's absolutely nothing that you can do to stop it, right? There are, like, the quarterbacks that Cam Newton talked about in the game-changer category, they are, like, sort of appropriate comparisons for this. Like, you know how it can be when you get late into a season on a video game and you got the mobile quarterback and as you go farther along in those games... The computer gets better and better at like checking everybody and they try to make it more like the playoffs or the windows are smaller and everything else. But when you got that quarterback that's got some wheels and you just know if everybody's covered, I'm going to just have to figure out a way to get three or four yards with this dude. And we're just going to keep moving the chains as best as we can. And there's nothing they can do to stop it. That is the only way that a quarterback can truly, at least for me, that a quarterback can truly give you that feeling that you just out here like, man, it is ain't nothing that we could do, right? When a team is just handing the ball to a dude and he and they leaning on you over and over again and your guys are going backwards, love it. Love it. It is gorgeous. It is wonderful. It is, to me, these, this is where football gets to be more interesting. And to me, it is where this time of year, if you can find a way to play, you should probably do it. Because if there's one thing that Buffalo demonstrated over the years is that they, let's just stop and think about this for a second, guys. The goal that any team has is to win as many regular season games as it possibly can, right? And when you win as many regular season games as you possibly can, you are more likely to play your games at home. So if you are the Buffalo Bills, you are going out there every week hoping to play playoff games at home. Playoff games are played in January. January in Buffalo is very, 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 very cold. Quite often it is windy and sometimes it has snow. So you are hoping that you are in a situation where you're going to play a bunch of games in the cold, in the wind, and the snow. And your strategy is to throw the ball 45 times a game. 
it, it just doesn't make sense. And do you remember when the Buffalo, their new stadium got announced and everyone's like, well, why isn't this a dome? And it's for that exact reason you just said. Yeah, but I mean, well, the reason it ain't a dome is because domes aren't free. Right. Like 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 you can't just thatch a roof onto that bad boy. Buffalo. Buffalo does not have dome money. All right. That, by the way, should let you know how cold it really is up there in like North and South Dakota, where one of them schools is North Dakota State, South Dakota State. One of those, they got a dome. That's how cold it is up there. That they like, look, either it's a dome or we just not going to do this shit. We just not going to play. Right. This ain't going to be what it is. But you can't. I understand everything that everybody has ever come up with about why you should throw the ball more. And there are lots of great explanations for it. Like, it makes sense. People didn't need to run the ball at the race that they did in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, or maybe even the 80s, where it seemed like a team was throwing the ball all the time and all they were throwing it was 50% of the time, right? Like, you did not need to be out here handing the ball off to people 60% of the time. But them folks wasn't stupid. And the reality is... Throwing a football is really, really hard. I don't mean even necessarily throwing a football at the level that's required to play quarterback in the NFL or anything like that. I mean just actually throwing a football. Do you see how bad the other football players are at throwing a football when they have to throw a football? Like, however much, whatever the weight is on the football, the pounds of air pressure, taking something that weight and you ask people to throw it down the field 20, 30, 40 yards, and, and make it do this cool little little spin around shape. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a very difficult thing to do. And then we start talking about doing it in the elements. And then the farther and farther along you go in the season and everything else, it is a passing league and the playoffs are less conducive to passing than any other time of the season. I don't know why people lose sight of this, right? So maybe it works for you. You got a dome. You out there in one of the warm weather places or whatever it is. You can make it go. But you still need to be able to just line up and beat the hell out of people. You still need to be able to just get a ball to somebody and be like, hey, homie, you got this. Like, does anybody remember? I believe the year was 1993. It was that year that Emmitt Smith held out, and then Jerry Jones had to give him his money. And then with a separated shoulder, Emmitt Smith ran to a championship because the Cowboys just kept opening up gigantic holes and this dude with one arm just dragging, taking carry after carry after carry after carry and they won the division and then ultimately won the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, at least for me, I find that to be more interesting and captivating than watching a bunch of people try to throw the ball all these times, these quick screens and everything else. I'm not saying that what they're doing is a bad idea. I'm just saying it's not necessarily great television. It's not necessarily what I want to see and it's not what I find compelling, but then the farther along you go in the season it also just stops making sense right so if buffalo has a dude that you can look at and say buddy we're gonna give you the ball 30 times we're gonna ask you to bring this home maybe i'm a caveman maybe i'm stuck in the past i still believe that there is a world in which that is a good thing to have that that is an important important weapon especially when on top of having him, you got old Josh Allen's old big ass. Like, I just can't imagine how unfun it is trying to tackle that dude. Can you imagine that? He, he seems like a guy who wants the tackle to hurt. Like, like, you know, like, even if he knows he's going down, he's going to inflict pain no matter what. Yeah, I mean, like, watching people try to tackle him and he just not move, that, that's the wildest thing to me because it's like, it ain't like these other dudes aren't 250 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just shaking them off or, or worse than shaking them off. You got me. You got me. But you can't stop me from throwing this incomplete pass. You can't stop me from getting the ball out of my hands because I'm just the most giant 
man on earth. Just, just giant. Anyway, uh, just right fast, I will say this. <laughs> oh, the Cowboys, thanks. Thanks. You make business good. Like, I don't even need to talk about you right now, but everybody else, hey, man, you, you, you guys make business good, and we appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so, um, you know, I try not to make the content about me, right? I think the stuff that we talk about, by and large, is more interesting and more important than anything that has to do with me personally. But sometimes, of course, these things manage to intersect. And sometimes these things come at an intersection, um, honestly, because it's the NFL's fault. And when I say in this case that it's the NFL's fault, what I mean by that is, hey, man, they've been giving us some boo-boo, right, to get out here and try to watch. They've been... uh, they 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 have not done well by us in the last few weeks with these slates. Uh, Sean, that that noon so that one o'clock slate, that one o'clock Easter slate, it was terrible. And part of it is, of course, that they played three games on Saturday. But I mean, those were pretty boo boo too. Usually, you get one or two games that are good throughout, and everything else is boo boo. Maybe until the fourth quarter. I think for the last three, maybe four weeks, the one o'clock slot has been just terrible to watch. Unwatchable. I've been I've been literally able to look at it and be like, all right, well, I got some things I need to go do right fast. Right? Like, like this, I know this won't come up on the podcast. Like that's like it's at that point. The longer you go in the year, the farther you can ballpark that. And even like the Sunday game we got was I mean, it's Lamar Jackson, it's Trevor Lawrence, his team's at the top of the top of the conference i mean it wasn't a great game though it was your friendly reminder that lamar jackson is that dude that can just leave you frustrated because like damn he just keep figuring out how to do stuff but no i didn't i didn't feel like we got a very good game there now i bring that up to make the point to you that i would like to talk about the football but the football ain't really there so i need to kind of explain to you why i've been calling titans fans a bunch of dorks on the internet okay I need you to get this. I've been calling Titans fans a bunch of dorks on the internet because I feel like they out here getting into an argument that really ain't got nothing to do with them, okay? Now, many of my friends have learned the hard way about how if you are having an argument with your mother, for example, and your father comes in and intervenes and telling your father that it doesn't have anything to do with him, that's not, that's not how it works, right? But Titans fans ain't my daddy, and I need them to understand that the beef that I have really has nothing to do with them. And this is the beef that I'm talking about, okay? Sean, I think you may have seen this, but the Titans, for the second time this year, went out there wearing Houston Oilers uniforms with the Oil Derrick logo at midfield and the Oil Derrick on the helmet and the uh, Columbia blue and white uniforms with the red trim right they have been they've been doing this and i didn't even grow up as an oilers fan somehow i got a hold of the falcons first like i mean i don't, I don't really know like i don't i don't know what whether that's <sighs> anyway it, 
wow. A yeah. great what like, if the in your history. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What if I was rooting for the team that blew a 35-3 to lead in the playoffs rather than the team that after I got off the narcotic blew a 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl? Those were my choices. But anyway, I did grow up in Houston. Like, that is where I'm from. And if you know anything about the Oilers and their move to Tennessee to become the Titans, it was a bit ugly. It was a bit contentious. And it really had to do with the beef between the owner, Bud Adams, and the city, not just the politicians in the city, but honestly, the people in the city. And it had just reached a point where I think he was trying to get out on the lease two years early or something like that. And people just got tired of him. And part of why they got tired of him is the football team was sorry at the time he was trying to do these things, right? And they decided, no, we've had enough. If you say you're going to bounce, then I guess you just going to bounce. They had to save the Oilers rally once. And I remember this. It had like 60 people show up. And then as a result, they left. They played a year in Nashville. They played a year at Vanderbilt Stadium. And then for the 1999 season, which is the season that the Titans went to the Super Bowl, they played in the new stadium that they opened up in Nashville. Okay. Now, when they played in that stadium in Nashville, that was also the first year that they were the Tennessee Titans. They changed the name to be the Tennessee Titans. But the big reason that they changed the name to be the Tennessee Titans was so they wouldn't be the Oilers anymore. Like That's, that's, that's where the issue comes up with them breaking these uniforms back out. They decided that they wanted to leave that history in the past and they no longer wanted to be the Houston Oilers or the Tennessee Oilers. They wanted to move into a whole new world. So what they did was they moved on. They got them old dry ass uniforms they've been wearing for 20, 25 years now. And they became the Titans, which to me is an entirely different team. And they belong to Nashville and good for Nashville that they got a team that's very important to them. It, changed, it helped change the reputation of the city nationally. All of those things. Fantastic. You can have that. But you got to leave this Oilers thing in Houston because this is not about whether or not, uh, what is his name? Amy Strunk. I think that's her name, uh, uh, Bud Adams' daughter. This ain't about whether or not she or the NFL or anybody else owns the intellectual property. They obviously own the intellectual property. But these owners of teams are really just stewards of teams. I understand that like by property rights, they're theirs, but... The teams, like, it don't really belong to them in that way. If they are, I, I feel like most of these franchises truly are, like, trusts that belong to the people themselves. And there's a larger cultural significance that surrounds all these teams. And so there's a reason why the Rockets, city, NBA, the NBA team, the Rockets, their city uniforms are the light blue joints with the red trim and light blue is not one of their colors. There is a reason why the University of Houston tried to break out football uniforms that were light blue with the red trim, and that's because the Oilers belong to the city. Like, everything that's associated with them, they belong to the city of Houston. It means something there. All it means when you break this stuff out in Nashville is that people think the uniforms look cool and that you got a chance to sell them and make some extra money. The problem that you have, of course, is that the way Bud left, they antagonized the whole city of Houston. So don't nobody from Houston really want to buy it now because it all feels a little bit weird, right? But it don't, it don't belong there. And so I'm trying to make this point that I just find it to be distasteful that the Titans decided to break these uniforms out, especially when they're playing in a game against the Texans. I just found it, 
I don't have any issue with them honoring the great players of the franchise. It gets weird with Moon because, I mean, Bud ultimately admitted that trading Warren Moon was a bad idea and the way that he was treated. I mean, Bud tried to steal millions of dollars from the man and not honor contracts and stuff like that, as I recall. But you honor Warren Moon because Warren Moon's the greatest quarterback, if not just the greatest player in the history of your franchise. You do that. It all makes sense. And to be honest, the city of Houston don't deserve Warren Moon either because they didn't treat him so great when they had him. But I get it, right? The franchise should honor Earl Campbell. I get all of that. I also think that the day that they decided they was going to make some Houston Texans, the first order of business should have been to retire number 34, and the second order of business should have been to retire number one. You keep all that cultural football history of the city and associated with that franchise. Nobody would have a problem. Everybody would understand it, right? But they stopped being the Oilers in part because of pettiness, and it feels like they're going back to being the Oilers, even if just to cosplay, in the name of pettiness. And I'm just saying, man, the stuff is more important to a lot of people than just that. And that's something I don't think, if you a Titans fan, you could understand because, honestly, y'all so happy to have a goddamn football team. Like, if I was you, I just, I just, I just can't. Like, if I was y'all, I would be so thrilled because, like, Nashville is on the come up. But y'all know what y'all are. Y'all know what y'all was. Y'all know y'all never thought y'all was ever going to get no real team or anything like that. You, I, I 100% Get all of that. Uh, my buddy Nick uh, from Kansas City, he always makes the point um, that I forget who the mayor was in Kansas City that said that the only difference, the reason that people don't look at Kansas City like they look at Omaha is because Kansas City has the Chiefs and the Royals. And that's Nashville, like, I mean, I'm not saying it's the same as Birmingham, but I ain't really saying it's that much different either. Y'all got these teams. I get it. You're so proud to have that team. All right. You got it. And you probably feel good that you got it over like a more legitimate city than you. I fully get that. Good for you guys. You got the team. Because like this is the difference between Nashville and Houston. If the Titans leave Nashville, ain't nobody else showing up. Ain't nobody else going there. Orders left Houston and it was like, don't worry, we'll, be, we'll, we'll take care of that. Don't you worry. We'll get this figured out. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a plan. Ain't nobody worried about y'all. Ain't nobody going to do that, right? And so I'm talking about this from a legitimate heartfelt place for people from Houston, right? And especially for the people who like really love that team, which is it was a very complicated breakup that they had with the now Titans. And now these jokers want to come out here and play around with the clothes and play around with the colors. When I think Bum B made this point, uh, my man Dave Wilson at ESPN wrote an article about the Oilers and Bun made this point that was so important is that like particularly like the Love You Blue era Oilers, it didn't get more Texas than that, right? You got a head coach who wears a cowboy hat for road games, but never for home games because the home games are played inside and you don't wear your hat inside, right? You got Earl Campbell out here in the jeans and the belt buckles and doing commercials for Skull. Yeah, Skull, like dip. You know, like this is, this is what I'm saying, man. Like the Oilers are Houston. The Titans are Nashville. Be the Titans while you in Nashville. Because you didn't want to be the Oilers no more. Like, look, the Lakers, ain't no lakes in L.A., but they kept being the Lakers. And you know about the damn Utah Jazz. Like, if the, I think if the Oilers had left Houston and had gone to Tennessee and stayed the Oilers the whole time, we're not having this discussion. We're not. But you ain't want to be that no more. So don't be that no more. Be the Titans. Do that. Or, or, when you decide you want to pretend like you're the Oilers, probably don't let Case Keenum 
walk you down. <laughs> y'all lost that game to the Texas and Case Keenum walked y'all down. Don't, 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 don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Prize Picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. And now you can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, You'll get to hear some picks from producer Sean that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We know you can't be on top of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We got you. Now, if you haven't heard, all right, Bo, our first one is about a company going under. Hi, my name is Jordan Hart, and I recently wrote for Business Insider about Small Direct Club's announcement that it would be winding down global operations effective immediately. Small Direct Club is a direct-to-consumer invisible aligner company, and the announcement comes just a few months after the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. In its announcement, Small Direct Club made it clear that customer care support would not be available and that it would cancel any unshipped orders. Yet, customers were still expected to finish out their payment plans until their balances were cleared. The reaction online was strong. Some were confused and others were upset as they said they had only just started their treatment plan at Small Direct Club, while others had been on their treatment plan for years and seen it cease with the closure of the company. In one instance, a woman reported that she arrived for her appointment that was pre-scheduled only to find the location empty and questions ensued online. Business Insider reached out to get some of these questions answered, but Small Direct Club did not immediately respond. Sean, I'm just trying to imagine what I would do if halfway through my braces, my orthodontist died. <laughs> and no one can no one can actually take them off and you just have braces for yeah. life. <laughs> like like I'm just I'm just stuck right here. I'm not getting my money back. Like I, oh my god, like I saw those commercials with Smile Direct Club and I was kind of like, huh. I was tempted. Interesting, right? I was tempted. Yeah. Well, no, I did Invisalign. Like I absolutely did it. But I guess what I hadn't, you know, operating with a certain measure of privilege here, but I had not considered that Smile Direct Club did not connect you with like a dentist, a dentist or an orthodontist, right? Like I did not, I had not considered the possibility. Like if Invisalign were to go out of business, it would be a problem, but I still like, I feel like my dentist got to play it, right? Like we can work something out. Yeah. Smile Direct Club goes out of business. You're just like, yo, so where are my next set of joints? I didn't realize they, they were all come. in house. Like, it, like the people working <laughs> on your teeth were Smile Direct Club people. I had, I had, like, there's this, wow, this is such a horrible idea. Like, I'm pulling up the wiki page as we speak, and there's nothing worse than when a wiki page thing starts in the past tense. Smile Direct Club <laughs> was a teledentistry company based in Nashville, by the way. Uh-oh, uh, but yes, they waiting. already got this, they, they already got this fixed. They say it was a teledentistry company. 
It's all right, so here we go. It said they initially partnered with some company as an exclusive third-party distributor for its aligners. Oh, man. Oh, man. Damn. <laughs> That's hard up. A lot of tough smiles in the world. Because, um. <laughs> look, man, I did the Invisalign, and I'm going to tell you, it took longer than it was supposed to. Now, to be fair, I was asking a lot. I, I It was some... It was some furniture moving going on, Sean. Some things needed to change in my grill. It took, something happened. Something didn't go quite right. It probably took me about a year longer than it was supposed to. But in the end, it worked out okay. But if you can't get in that process long enough to get your retainers at the end, it's all a waste of time. Also, not only are your retainers not fixed, they're going to ask for more payments after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, they, they, they said it was a company. I wish they would ask me for some money. Y'all don't even exist no more. Tough look for Smile Direct Club. Our next one uh, today for, if you haven't heard, is on snacks. I'm Jairaj Devardiga, an economist specializing in public policy. I recently wrote an article for Business Insider about how companies are ruining our favorite snacks. As ingredients become more expensive, manufacturers replace them with cheaper ones rather than simply raising prices. Apart from spoiling the flavor, some of these cheap synthetic ingredients have been linked to diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and various other diseases. While it is tempting to blame evil, greedy corporations, that's not the whole story. Packaged foods and drinks is a very competitive industry, and any company making its products worse risks losing customers to the competition. The real culprit is inflation. As inflation erodes people's purchasing power, they become more sensitive to price rather than quality. Companies are merely responding to this by changing their recipes to avoid raising prices too much. While the health risks and worse taste arising from these recipe changes are not captured by indicators like the Consumer Price Index. They still represent a very real decline in our quality of life. The government needs to change how it measures inflation and take steps to rein it in. Otherwise, our favorite snacks will continue to get less healthy and less tasty. I do have to say I appreciate that uh, the gentleman reporter sees the emergency in our dwindling quality of snacks. There's no <laughs> emergency like, Yo, we don't, to that. It's like if we don't do the, if we don't do something, all we gonna have to snack on is bullshit. <laughs> I, 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 it was like a fear. Like I was in fear after hearing it when I when I got the audio. I was like, I should be worried. He's right. He, he appreciates the gravity of this situation. Like, this is not just, oh, I found something interesting. The snacks aren't nearly as good. He's like, guys, they are running a game on us. And they are running a game on us because they know we will put up with anything. We really and, will. And have you seen snack uh, chip bags recently where you, you open a, a full chip bag and there's probably seven to eight chips in there? Yo, the shrinkflation game, man. Like, it's, they, they getting us, dog. Like, we all need to be real about this. It's all falling apart directly in front of us. I, if you haven't heard, I feel like we need to call this, if you haven't heard, we're doomed. <laughs> how, do we, how do we get the video game company, the, the doom people, to come sponsor this? Because I feel like all we do is bring people doom. And you know for a fact the snack people will never have a walkout about their snacks. No one's going to be on a picket line about, about the lack of snacks. It's like, yo, I was trying to protest, babe, but I was so hungry. I didn't know what nothing else I could do. 
Uh, and then I, and then they're like, and then I went to go get some fast food that was overpriced, and everything's gone to shit. Yeah. Yo, that's the thing about it, man. Once fast food stopped being cheap, we got to start looking at ourselves. Something's in the air, man, and, and and I think you're right. We're all doomed. And this next one is about uh, working from home. Hi, I'm Reed Alexander, a correspondent at Business Insider covering careers and workplaces. I've been reporting on the efforts of large organizations to get their employees back to the office following the worst days of the coronavirus pandemic. But many corporate leaders have found their patients wearing thin and are adopting stricter techniques to enforce a return to office, monitoring how frequently employees use their ID badges to swipe in or other tools to understand where they are throughout the day. Companies like J.P. Morgan Chase and Amazon have penalized some workers for failing to swipe in at least three days per week or told them that their bonuses or promotion prospects or even job security could be impacted. A survey from the accounting firm EY found that almost half of respondents were using badge swipes to collect data about maximizing and optimizing office space. It's a massive topic with big consequences on the future of work. But four years after the pandemic began, it appears that bosses' willingness to indulge work-from-anywhere dreams has largely run out. Bruh, all I'm asking is, is this making anybody, like, are they doing their jobs? Because if they're doing their jobs, that's the only part that seemed to me at least to matter to the gig. But I feel like this is just all the money is in this together. And what I mean by the fact that all the money is in it together, hey, man, there are... This is an economy that surrounds all these offices. And Sean, I imagine you're gonna take a spin through like downtown LA or whatever. Them, them lunch places. Like if, if if you got a job somewhere that's in like one of those working corridors, that lunch place you used to go to, you might want to call first. I had a friend who was a chef who left his one restaurant to make a lunch spot and the pand pandemic happened. And right before they started the build, he's like, I need to get out of this. I, there's there's going to be no one mm -hmm. working. And he did the right thing because a lot of his friends have now lost their businesses because of that fact. When I go down by my old office where I work for ESPN, the rare times that I had to, because I think I've been there like twice since like March of 2020. It, it looked like a whole, it looked like the same place. But like where I used to go get that sandwich, ain't no sandwiches there no more. Right. Or like, oh, hey, a Popeye's just turned up. But something else was there. You saw spots that it opened right before and then they were gone or whatever it is. And all these people kind of like trying to hold each other's hands and get through this whole game together. Right. You know, like I feel like that's all it is. But in the end, hey, man, if these people are doing their jobs from the crib, you're not going to make them come because it's going to be somebody who don't care. And they're going to get the better, like the more qualified applicants like this is. I can't believe the fight on this is being put up so strong. But I also do have the question about. What's going to happen to the economy when some of these commercial real estate bills really stop, like start coming due? Like this was built to go a different way. Damn, man. Ne next time we do it, if you haven't heard, I guess uh, sometime in 2024, I'm going to try to make, let's try to find something to make them smile. Maybe, kind of, hopefully. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bo, another shout out to your audience. Uh, a, an amazing selection of Christmas nightmares. Um, here's the first one for you. 
What's up, guys? What's up, Bo? Uh, it's your boy, Demetrius. Long-time listener, first-time caller. But, man, Christmas miracle. So my uncle, my man used to do this thing where he would be like Santa Claus for us and hand out the gifts. So uh, there's one particular Christmas where my man had uh, put a twist on it, and he came out, and this is at my grandmama's house. He came out with a like a wraparound sheet diaper, like a sumo wrestler with no shirt, just like that diaper. And my man had the Santa hat on. And um, this is my uncle. And his daddy, my granddaddy from Louisiana, old school black dude, don't play about that kind of stuff, you know. Don't nobody want to see you with your shirt off, especially in my house. So he came out. My uncle came out in the diaper with a sheet wrap around thing or whatever. And he's like, ho, 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 with the Santa hat on. Everybody sitting in the living room, my granddaddy told him, I can't believe you just showed me your ass. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, shit. And my granddaddy told him, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and promptly, my uncle just got up out of there, you know. Or like you said, my man just got up out the paint. <laughs> and everybody was shook like, dog, what just happened? So needless to say, we didn't have Santa on that Christmas. You know, the gifts was just passed out. But... Yeah, man. Appreciate you for taking my call, man. Peace. I got to say, I was really afraid of some of the words that was going to be used in retelling your daddy's response. I'm glad they used that F word and not another one. I really thought that was the PG-13 version they gave us. <laughs> Entirely possible. Entirely possible. But yeah, I thought it was, I, I, I was afraid that it was, woo, woo. I'm glad it stayed in the place where we could all laugh. Sean, thank you for making sure to keep it there. All right, here's another one that uh, might toe the line, Bo, that you were you were mentioning. Hi, Mamani. This is Justin from Florida. My best slash worst Christmas memory was one day when my family decided to go on a road trip after we opened up Christmas presents. My mom, dad, brother, and I got in the car, and my sister stayed home with our grandfather. My sister was home from college for the first time and decided to browse through the cookies and internet history on the family computer. She discovered that my brother had been looking up porn. She then calls my mom to let her know what my brother had been up to right as we're getting into Denny's for our Christmas dinner. That was the most awkward, most uncomfortable Christmas dinner I ever had as my parents shamed my brother for looking up porn. They, of course, asked if I had seen any of the porn or looked up any porn, and I said, no, of course not. Later on, my brother confronted me about why I didn't mess up, for which I responded, well, you're the one who first showed me the porn. Did you want another charge of corrupting the youth? The worst part was, this was the late 90s. We had dialogue. It wasn't even video. It was pictures that would take five minutes to load. So that was my worst Christmas memory. Thanks for money. Yeah, you had to you had to want it back in the day. Like you really had to put in a measure of grind. Um I just want to say this and you know, you gotta be careful sometimes when people call in these stories because no matter what happened, that is like still his mama. You know what I'm saying? That is still his you know, his, those that's still his family, that's still his parents, that's still all that. However, and maybe this is just me talking, okay? You're just not really going to talk but so crazy to me when you're taking me to Denny's on Christmas. I, I knew you were going to bring this up. Is that fair? Is that fair? Like, Com I don't know. Fair. You know what I'm saying? 
Like I, I don't, I, I, I don't know the set of circumstances that led to we're gonna do Christmas at Denny's. I didn't even know Denny's was open on Christmas. I don't know if you have to make a reservation. I don't feel like anybody's happy to be there. I don't, I don't, I don't any of that. But I just feel like if I'm living a life that involves us going to Denny's on Christmas, like. We ain't got enough love in the house to feel like you can't just scramble up some eggs and stuff here, okay? If 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 we got to go to Denny's on Christmas, maybe you might understand why maybe just maybe I deserve to look at some nakedness every now and then. I don't care how old I am, okay? I'm 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 trying to fill in for the love I'm not getting. And, and question for you, Bo, like in that time where he mentioned with Dial himself, was Denny's popping? Like, was Denny's ever popping? What you mean by popping? Like, like you know, like, like the for the for the you know decent service. You know, the food wasn't as awful. Well, maybe. well you know, well, like it well, was a, it well, was an establishment. You know. Well, well, I mean, what, what's theirs? The Grand Slam. That's what they did. They yeah, did the that, Grand yeah, Slam. Wasn't that Sean, big back also, then? Yeah, but you also need to understand that I speak to you as an African American, and I'm not sure you ever heard <laughs> the Jay Z line. Never eat at Denny's party like a little pennies. We had to. Uh, I had to file a lawsuit against Denny's because they was not treating us right in there. I believe a lot of it had to do with making people pay before they got their food, sitting them by the register, all of that stuff. So it was never really popping for us. Yeah, I don't really mess with it either. I just wanted to make the other point, see if there was another side to this in case any yeah, Denny's, I mean, Denny's followers were out in the audience. I mean, I might be, I mean, I don't know where he from. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. But your mama, I'm sure she's a lovely lady. I don't want to, you know, but I'm just, just saying y'all just... Y'all earned, y'all, y'all, y'all earned a, a nipple here and there. All right, our last uh, Christmas nightmare is actually truly a nightmare. Hey, Bonani, uh, big time fan, name is Savage. Uh, so Christmas miracle that wasn't a miracle. Um, you know, grew up in the hood. Mom wanted a real Christmas tree one year. Had my uncles go out and get the tree. Asked no questions. She was like, yeah, just get a tree. Uncles came back a couple hours later, had a tree. Big tree, eight feet tall. Had in the living room, set it up. Everything was good to go. So me and my brother... Come running down Christmas morning. We see the presents. We're like, oh man, this is dope. And we see like, uh, well, it's like fake snow on top of the presents. I was like, oh man, the presentation. This is great. We ate, ate, I'm like eight years old. My mom comes in. She's looking. She's like, mm. she goes to get my uncle. My uncle's like, what is that? So it turns out that wherever they got this tree from was full of, um, you know, spiders. So spiders had laid eggs, white eggs everywhere. So my Christmas miracle slash nightmare is watching my uncles burn this Christmas tree in our backyard down to this the bare ashes because it's full of spider eggs uh and that was my christmas miracle slash nightmare so sean i just want to make sure you're in the same place as me it doesn't sound like this tree was purchased <laughs> more found you know yeah I just, uh, yeah, yeah found found that seems a bit euphemistic on how he like did they go out there with like a saw you know what I'm saying? Like, like where, 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 and how exactly did they make this happen? Also, nowhere in the process of chopping the tree down did spiders come out of there or show themselves or let let it be known that they let eggs everywhere. Yeah, I got news for people, man. Ain't nothing in this day and age. I hate to be this guy, or whatever, but uh, in this day and age. Ain't nothing more overrated than a real tree. Give me a fake one. Yeah, yeah, now they come a long way with the fraudulence. I recommend, 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 I 
recommend. <laughs> but hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. Speaking of Prize Picks, Shaw, you got Prize Picks for the people. I sure do. And a, a friendly voicemailer uh, gave me crap on the line saying, I haven't won anything thanks to you. And, you know, I never said you should take my picks. I'm just offering the picks out to the world. So here is what I got for tonight's Monday Night Football matchup. AJ Brown, 0.5 rush and reception touchdowns. I'm taking more. Jalen Hurts, 22, 224 and a half pass yards. I'm going to take more there. And Kenneth Walker, 60 and a half rush and reception yards. I will take more there as well. All right. Holla at prize picks. And Sean, you, man, handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Also, thanks to our If You Haven't Heard contributors. Thanks to J. Raj Devadiga a business insider check out his story on the deathly serious situation with these companies messing up our snacks at insider.com thanks to jordan hart of insider check out the story on smile direct club customers who ah, they teeth still crooked and the company went out of business and thanks to reed alexander and check up uh, insider check out the story on how bosses keep track of your attendance at the office with under desk sweats uh, under desk sensors and bad swipes remember follow the right time subscribe like rate us review us give us five stars you only give us four stars i'm inclined to believe you are a hater and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days take it easy 